0: Welcome to the Collective Church podcast. For more information, visit thecollectivechurch.co.za. Really, I'm just going to minister today along the themes of what the Holy Spirit um, was saying during the week at Renaissance, and um, I'm going to do that because I feel it's for us as a community, and so. Could you give me a little water? So I I just would love you to um, just put your hand on your heart right now. And can we just say those words to the Holy Spirit that we sang just a moment ago? Here is my life, Lord. Speak what is true. Can we say that together? Here is my life, Lord. Speak what is true. And I'm just trusting today that the Holy Spirit will speak to our hearts and that he will just realign our vision. Um, you know, when you go to the Cairo and you kind of out on one side and you get this like, and suddenly you feel loose as a goose. That's what I'm, I'm just feeling I wanna to minister today. The Holy Spirit just adjusting our vision. So if we can have that heart posture, that will be really amazing just to hear from him and just to hear what he wants to say to us as a community. So I just want to quickly, I just felt some words of prophecy while we were, while we were worshiping. And I just want to, let's see, Psalm 18. Haddon, I just, you really came to mind while we were worshiping. (laughs) And I just want to um, read the scripture over you. You've trained me at Psalm 18, verse 34. You've trained me with weapons of warfare worship. Now I'll descend into battle with power to chase and conquer my foes. You empower me for victory with your wraparound presence. Your power within makes me strong to subdue. And by stooping down in gentleness, you strengthened me and made me great. I just felt the Father is really working with you right now in this season of your life, in this time of your life. And I specifically saw your, these front parts of your arm. And like he's training, he's strengthening this part of your arm in preparation for you to be able to bend a bow and let arrows go. And it's like he's training you and equipping you. He's stooping down as a father right now because you're, you're a warrior prince. You're a son in his house and he is teaching you and he is training you and he's strengthening your muscles. And sometimes when they're burning, it's just because he's making you stronger. And so I just want to speak out over your life that you are to be a warrior. You are to be a son and you're going to see the enemy, you're going to see darkness be defeated by what the Lord is teaching you right now in your life. So just yield to his teaching. See yourself going through that boot camp with the Holy Spirit and just embrace it because he's making you so strong and he's giving you skills. He's giving you skills because you're going to be a powerful, you are and are becoming a powerful warrior son. I I also just felt seven said they've just bought a property in Bedford View and they're busy renovating it. And I just felt for both of them, I don't know where Sid is right now. Sid, I feel it's like so significant right now. And even opening that store of motherland, like increasing the footprint to Bedford View, I feel like God has given you the anointing for revival in that area. And the fact that you've staked your claim right there and you've bought land, is like the Lord is giving you an inheritance in the community there. And I believe, I know, I know he's my brother, so I know the words that has been spoken over his life. And I just want to say to Sid, wherever she is, that um, those words are for her as well, to be leaders, to be pastors, to be ones that bring the light and bring the presence of Jesus into that area as a couple and in your home. The Lord has given you that inheritance in the season. So um, we just, yeah, can we just pray for them? Just, Lord, we thank you for that area of Johannesburg. We thank you for Bedford View. We thank you for Sid's family. And we thank you for the footprint, both in business and in community there. And we just pray for a revival mm. in Bedford View. We pray that many people would come to know Jesus, that they would be set free, that, that a place that is known for the opposite, for like gangsterism and hustling, would be known for the spirit of God yes. being poured out. In Jesus' name. And we just thank you for Seb and Sid. And we thank you that they are leaders. And we thank you for what you're doing in their life. And I pray for such a deepening intimacy in this season. It's you, sister. You have carried such leadership on your shoulders. You carry such anointing to bring the spirit of Jesus into Bedford View. I know. So we just pray for that awakening in your heart. And just the season you've bought land there and it was a risk. And the Lord is going to honor that risk by making you guys light in that community. It's like a little lampstand on a hill for the people of Bedford View. So we just like bless you and honor you. I texted Ant when we opened the store, I was like, oh, I'm so excited. I think there's gonna be a revival in Bedford View. And the Holy Spirit touched me like, "Boo!" you know? And I was like, there really is gonna be a revival in Bedford View. So we just, we're excited about that. We're excited about that. And- (laughs) (laughs) We love Bedford View. Um, and then just for Yvonne and Gerard, like as you guys came up here, I feel like the Lord has redefined you in this past season specifically with the with uh, Josh's the pregnancy and the birth. I feel like he's reconstructed the house, like the house of your lives. I see walls coming down. It was like a fixer-upper process. And the Lord has reconstructed, and I just see this huge modern house with like more modern than this with those floor to ceiling glass and the the steel beams. And it's like got multiple stories. And I feel like I can see that there's um, solar paneling on the top of the house. It's off the grid. And I feel like what the Lord is doing in your lives is to be completely dependent on the sun, completely dependent on his power and his energy, be completely off the grid from other things and that that the glass all the way through is actually your authenticity like the process that the Lord's taken you through and the vulnerability people want to see into your life and the multi-story is others are going to come and build on top of you. It's like your lives are becoming a foundation. And I just, the the picture was so modern and so inspiring. I feel like that's what your lives are. The Lord is taking business. The Lord is taking church. The Lord is taking family and community, and he's weaving together this beautiful story of your lives. And it becomes something very inspirational as a display of the kingdom, as a display of his beauty and his glory. And people look to you, as in a sense, aspirational, but not like I want to be there because it's actually Jesus in you. It's because you're so dependent on the Spirit, it's because of your authenticity and vulnerability that He's going to use all those different aspects of, of your life and he's rebuilding, he's rebuilding something. I can see the house before, it was like completely different to what he's creating you guys to be in the community and in this season going forward. So we just bless you guys, and we just thank you for for Josh Lord, and we just thank you for the miracle that they've walked into, and we thank you for the calling on their lives in business, in church, in, um, in social justice, in community, and I just thank you for every purpose in their life, every word that's been spoken. To be to come to fruition as they rely on the power of the sun, as they rely on the power of the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. I just just take out those words you've received before. Just working on those words. Okay. So we were at the Renaissance conference this week, and um, the word Renaissance is actually a, a word that we love. In the beginning, ten years ago, when we were coming up with Motherland's branding. We said motherland is going to be a renaissance, a rebirth for Africa. So this word we've actually been using in the branding of our company for 10 years now. So what is a renaissance? A renaissance is a reawakening of what's already there. We said, wow, Africa's got something to give the world in terms of its resources, its people, and its coffee. And we're gonna showcase to the world the gold that is already in Africa that's what a renaissance is the gold the value the beauty is already there but it's like a reawakening that's what revival is it's a reawakening so I just I want to say when we're asking for the new God do the new God do the new again in our lives to the new actually the new was done 2,000 years ago when Jesus died on the cross until he comes again there isn't anything new he did it all it was a complete victory on the cross against death and darkness and separation and brokenness and sickness. And when we talk about Renaissance and revival, it's actually just awakening to the fact of what has been done and living in more of the reality of that. And us humans like to get sidetracked. We are let disappointment and brokenness and sin and apathy and kind of come in and it blurs for the church the glorious riches of what Jesus won on Calvary. And so when we say renaissance, it's going back to the finished work of the cross and what it purchased for us. Um, and for you, the, the Lord works in seasons. Every day his mercy is on you. Every day we get an opportunity for new. Thank the Lord, because yesterday maybe wasn't so great. And today we have the opportunity for new. But the truth is, is that the new happened when you got saved. And the Holy Spirit is just unpacking what is already inside of you. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is enfolded in Christ, he has become an entirely new person. All that is related, all that is related to the old order has vanished. So when he does a new thing in our life, it's actually the Holy Spirit teaching us how to walk in the reality of the salvation that was won 2,000 years ago that we received in salvation. That is the new thing. And so it's so encouraging because we're just pilgrims on a journey. The process precedes the promise that we actually have it all already. It's not coming from somewhere like somewhere out there. It's actually coming from what Jesus has already done and what is already inside of you. Jesus, the hope of glory. It's like, um, like Lucy, if any of you have read Narnia, where she goes to the wardrobe and she expects to find coats and she pushes aside the coat, she expects to find the back of the wardrobe, but instead there's snow and then there's fir trees, and then there's this whole country. And it's the same with us. If you look inside, you carry the hope of glory. You carry Jesus himself. You carry the riches and the treasures of heaven. Sometimes we actually just need to stop and remind ourselves that we carry the hope of the nations. We carry the desire of the nations inside of us it's like narnia it's like lucy instead of looking for a solution to what we're going through somewhere like lord where are you possibly going to come from what if he comes from the holy spirit inside of us what if we're the solution so sometimes this renaissance is just our our eyes being opened i want you to listen to this Colossians 2 verse 20, sorry, Colossians 1 verse 26. There is a divine mystery, a secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations, but now it's being revealed, unfolded, and manifested. Let's say that's the Renaissance. It is being revealed, unfolded, and manifested. That's when it actually comes out. For every holy believer to experience Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. It is so beautiful because when we're asking for more glory, when we're asking for more of what the Lord's doing, he's like, it is closer than what you think. It is so close. It's not far away. You're not separated from it. He's here with you. The mystery of he lives in you and you are seated with him in heavenly places. Let us let that be revealed in a deeper way. Let, let that unfold and be manifest in our life in a deeper way. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people, and God wants everyone to know it. You carry around in you the treasure chest of the riches of heaven in the person of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus. You carry that around with you. Isn't that just amazing? Isn't it just breathtaking? It's a mystery that the Holy Spirit continually unpacks for us. And I want to remind us of that again today, that the world, South Africa, like Rob said, one of the main themes that came up was, we are so hopeless. This year, honestly, for me, I am the eternal optimist. It's been hard. It's been hard to maintain hope. It's been hard to be positive. But we carry hope inside of us. We are the ones who carry hope. And creation, Romans 8 says, creation is waiting for the sons and daughters to be revealed. So this Revival, this awakening, this call to more is just a revealing more and more of the Holy Spirit, the power of heaven, the person of Jesus in and through our lives as sons and daughters. The world wants to respond to what is inside each one of us as sons and daughters. Um, Let's quickly read Romans 8. And so, in this process, of renaissance or revival, we're actually just learning to yield to the Holy Spirit more because the Holy Spirit is John 14, 15, 16. He is the one that makes real the finished work of the cross in our lives. As we respond to him, The the reality of that new creation, being sons and daughters, being close to the Father, hearing His voice, being able to minister in signs and wonders, being able to bring solutions in business and family and relationship, being able to forgive, being able to be hopeful, those manifestations of the kingdom come from the Holy Spirit, empowering us by grace to live and to actually uh, manifest the reality of Jesus inside of us and heaven inside of us. So the mature children of God, Romans 8 verse 14, are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. How beautiful in a meeting like this where he just stirs us and there's this like we learn to respond more even through each other. There's words. There's prophecies. It's beautiful where you're learning to respond more to the Holy Spirit. And you do not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into fear of never being good enough. But you've received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God. And you will never feel orphaned for he rises up within us. Our spirits joining him and saying the words of tender affection. My beloved father the word, the kiss of heaven, my beloved father, for the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. The most important thing about you is that you are a son and a daughter of God. That is it. Jesus, when he came back, he could have revealed God in his multifaceted nature. He revealed him as father and he is our perfect theology. When we understand what it means to be a son and a daughter, we will see that kingdom, those treasures, that kingdom of God manifest in our lives. And so we want to just plummet the depths of what, and somewhere in, in, in the, the passion, there's a little footnote, and it says, God doesn't speak English or Chinese, or, he speaks sonship. Yeah, yeah he speaks sonship. Can I tell you that's why we're in community? Because sometimes our lens of the nature of the Father is warped by our own experiences. So we hear a voice that is sarcastic, cynical, harsh. You need to be knitted into community so that you can actually listen because the voice of the Father, how his thoughts define you is so imperative and we need to be grounded and rooted in who the Father really is. So if you continue to hear sarcastic, cynical, harsh, condemning words of you're not good enough, it's not the father and you need to to find someone to speak to because we need to hear the father beloved child my beloved father that relationship can i tell you something amazing at jesus's baptism what do we hear we hear the voice of the father on his son my son my beloved son in whom i'm well pleased or in whom my delight rests and what happens heaven opens up and the Holy Spirit comes down. It is with the revelation of sonship and absolute acceptance and absolute affection that heaven opens up. Not on any other reason. So when we learn to hear that voice of the Father, we'll we'll see heaven open up and we'll see the Holy Spirit not only manifest from within, but also from without. It starts with, let him speak to you, his affection and his love. Let him kiss you with the kisses of his mouth for you are his son and his daughter. So we, we want to yield to the Holy spirit in this. And specifically, I want to show you just, let's talk about being authentic. Um, This is, is my picture from a week ago in my journal, the waves of doubt. James speaks about you are tossed this way and this way by the waves of doubt, that voice of You you don't have to read all the little small things, but um, that voice of you are not enough, you are not there yet, you failed in this, you can't do that. You can't, too much, not enough, not there yet. That voice is you holding yourself back from being the son or daughter, because the son or daughter doesn't doesn't matter because it's not about your strength anyway. It's about your weakness because then his strength becomes perfect. So this this gospel is an upside down, inside out gospel. And we want to sometimes try and think about it through the culture of the world. I need to be strong. Like I need to get my stuff together so that I can bring transformation to the world. And he's like, no, let those voices are not good enough, not there enough, not together enough. You've failed. You're too old. You're too young. You're too this, you're too that. You're too much. You're too little. Whatever those voices are that swing us like this. He's like, that doesn't matter. Because my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And the kingdom of heaven is about the treasure of the spirit of God within us and not about what we can do. And that's the reality we need to live in is hearing that voice constantly, hearing that affirmation constantly because it's something completely different to the culture of this world. And um, the culture of this world is such a subtle, subtle thing. We're surrounded by it And it it influences our thinking all the time, like subconsciously. And so these moments and just going to a conference like that, that's just so, so not fuzzy and warm, like so, like a little bit bruising on your heart, but you know, you're shifting because you're hearing the voice of the Spirit and that, that the Lord, Jesus lived on this earth thriving in relationship to the Father, Jesus. Walking on this earth, coming in a culture, the Roman culture that we studied it in history when we're doing the story of the world, the most sordid, debauched. You think this world is the worst it's ever been. I promise you that you can find things in the Roman culture to match what is happening on the planet today in every way. And he comes into that culture and he thrives in relationship to the Father that's our blueprint. That's our picture. And you know, you go back to like the beginning of Matthew when he starts to unpack this kingdom and the disciples are like, come on, let's go and we need to take Rome down from the throne and we need to put you the Messiah on the throne. And he's like, no, let's talk about blessed, blessed in every way, wealthy in every way are those that are spiritually poor. Sermon on the Mount, you know, blessed are those who are Meek, because they all inherit the earth. Whatever it is, I mean, I, I, I'm quoting it incorrectly, but he starts to reveal to us. We think it has to be like this because we're so used to the culture of the world telling us what power looks like, telling us what influence looks like, telling us what being strong looks like. And then Jesus comes and he flips the whole thing, and he says, "This is an upside down kingdom. We are strong when we are weak. We lose our lives to find our lives." We lead by serving. We go out as, into the world not as self-actualizers, but self-sacrificers. And, and the Lord is calling us just to become those sons and daughters who are yielded to the spirit where the culture of the kingdom is being so birthed within us that we can thrive in the world in a completely different culture, not set that the, t- we will not thrive if we're listening to the culture of the world and trying to like make it happen while Jesus, you know that, that scripture in Matthew is like, I am not a home over impro- homeowner improvement to your standard of living, like a little color of paint. Let me do this green now, a little bit of Jesus. No, I'm the foundation on which you build your life. And the Holy Spirit is just like awakening us again, sons and daughters, like the <laughs> culture of heaven. And, and, It's so beautiful and so powerful because we're all about the culture of heaven being birthed here, not here. I'm not talking about do more. Let's go and do more programs to see more impact. Let's go, no. Let's let the culture of heaven by the Holy Spirit be taught to us so that we are carrying the culture so much that when we walk, our shadow heals people. That when we do things, the culture of heaven is so behind it because it's here. We don't start with it ever being external. It's like when Jesus talked about Adultery. One of the disciples, like, you know, he's saying, "When you, um, you know, the definition of adultery is obviously having a, a sexual relationship with someone else." And he's like, "Oh no, no! Actually, it's when you look at someone in lust." Why? Because the kingdom is not about what you do externally; it's about what's happening here inside your heart. And so, this week I felt for us as a as a community, Isaiah fifty-four which is, it's so great because it starts with kind of such bad news. It starts with a barren woman. So um, the the irony always is, is that we're generally in a place of like, why are we here? This looks like a failure, barrenness. And then the Lord is like, burst into song and rejoice, you who are barren. We don't rejoice because our life is so successful. We rejoice because it doesn't matter what's on the outside. We rejoice because he is the one who's married us. And he is the one who's promised success and fruitfulness. And verse two says, increase is coming. So enlarge the place of your tent and add extensions to your dwelling. I feel like he's speaking that to us in every area of our life. It's not about having more numbers in this community. That may or may not happen, it doesn't matter. It's about increase our influence, increase the influence of the kingdom through our families, our friendships, the things that we do at work, our exploits, the businesses we do, the ideas we have, the places we want to impact. Let let the Lord enlarge the place of our tent, collective community. (laughs) But it starts with here. This morning, the Holy Spirit is enlarging the place of our tent internally because the kingdom starts always within and not without. So don't worry about how much influence you think you do have or how successful you are. It doesn't matter. How much of the kingdom are you carrying? How much of that yielding to the spirit? How much of the revelation, the language of sonship and daughtership are you yielding into? That's, that's the thing because it's an internal enlarging of our tents so that, so that revival, renaissance, pouring out of the Holy Spirit can come. I actually don't want it to come externally until we're internally enlarged. Do you know why? Because it will destroy my marriage and my family. How many people's lives have been destroyed? There's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and you just don't know what to do. You're like, "Ah!" and it starts to crumble but when your heart is enlarged and you understand the affection of the Father, you understand relationship and how to work, like guard your heart and work with the Holy Spirit, then it's a different thing. So exciting. It's so, so, so exciting. So we've, Rob and I have been involved in church leadership for 20 years. Okay, do I want to go there yet? How much time do I have? Okay, I'm going to quickly show you a movie, okay, a little excerpt on wolves. Okay, so I actually studied environmental management. I absolutely love nature. Like, if you want me to be in a happy place, put me in a forest or at the sea. I love it, and it speaks to me, and the Lord speaks to me through the systems there. And this movie, some of you may have seen it, is when it's about when wolves were reintroduced to the Yellowstone National Park. And I want to say creation is waiting for the sons and daughters to be reintroduced here we are but reintroduced in terms of the spirit and the the glorious riches of heaven that we carry inside of us being further manifested through our lives in the world and everything will be affected as a repercussion of that that they give life to many others. Before wolves turned up, they have been absent for 70 years, but the numbers of deer, because they were nothing, to hunt had built up and built up in the Yellowstone Park, and despite efforts by humans to control them, they managed to reduce much of the vegetation there to almost nothing, they'd just breathe. Thank you for listening. For more information, visit thecollectivechurch.co.za.